0: (laughs) I'm Melissa Carter and I'm Jen Hobby and here is our promise to you the Frenzy is here to change the conversation around age so that you can celebrate all your years rather than lie about them real stories by real women Carter and I was once hit on by one of my father's employees at my father's funeral. <laughs> I know that
1: story. I'm Jen Hobby and I'm certain that I don't wash my bras as often as I should.
0: <laughs> Honey, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> <sighs> all right tell us about this employee oh my God. yeah okay so short story my father passed away back in 2001 so this is a long time ago but i was 31 it was at his viewing and if you've never been to a viewing i'm, I'm i'd be surprised if nobody's been to a viewing but if you haven't it's you've never been to a viewing i've or never a been to a viewing.
1: i've been to a funeral, a funeral. Well, i've view- never been to a viewing where you like see the body Mm-mm. yes viewing. i think that's a
0: southern thing too but viewings are also there so there's. Somebody can't make the funeral. They have a two-day event for anybody who wants to come. Open casket. It was viewing. My mother and I were in front of the casket greeting people. And one of my father's employees, who I had known since I was a child, came to talk to me. But I think it was like, oh, I haven't seen you since you were 12 years old. And now you're 31. And apparently he appreciated the way that I had grown. (laughs) And so he was like flirting with me. And I remember my back was to my father's casket. And I just remember. And in my mind, I thought... Is my father around here somewhere to see this? Because if he is, he would kick your ass if he could. Like, I just, I remember thinking, hey to you. Do I don't exactly I do what not he remember said, but it, it was like hey baby. It wasn't like overt language. It was just the way his body language was, right? Ugh. And so I just thought, dude, this is the this is the worst time, but it was just awkward. It didn't last very long, but I just I didn't feel uncomfortable. I just felt like, dude, you're such a as my son would say, you're such a noob. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, noob means like rookie. It's a gaming term. <laughs> you're a noob, dude. And he did not get the date because I think he was married too. So it was a (laughs) married employee. And the bra thing, I just want to bring up the bra thing. Uh, Yeah. When do you know? Like, what is your sign? Why do you feel guilty about not washing them as much as you could? What is it? I mean, is it the discoloration? Because that's the time that I know that the bras need to be thrown away. Sometimes I keep a bra longer than I should. I used to have a bra that would stab me. And I'm like, Carter, why do you still have this bra?
1: Yes. I know when they're worn out, it's just how often you're supposed to wash them. Because, you know, you got to put it in the lingerie bag and you got to hang them dry. And I don't have that many to rotate. And so I try to be washing one while I'm wearing the other. I definitely wash it if I've sweat in it. Yeah, but if I haven't sweat in it, I probably just put it back on the next day. It's weeks.
0: It's it's you you can see and you can smell it. I mean, that's I mean, real talk. And if it's a little, you know, if it's a little ripe, it's got to go in the washing machine. But I probably stretch it an extra day or two. Honestly, just spritz a little perfume on it, and you're good to go. Now I'm not as big busted. I I mean, it seems like the older and a little more weight on me, I've gotten bigger busted. But people who have very large breasts, I know that there's baby powder involved for that very reason, because of the sweat. There are women I know that have put dryer sheets under to, to help with that. To me, bra fitting. I don't think I've ever had a bra that fit me. I know of one where we live. well, now that we're kind of coming out of COVID and everybody's getting
1: vaccinated and stuff. Once you're good to go, let's, let's go. Let's go do a custom fitting. We should broadcast it
0: live for all the frenzy friends. We should do that. Once this is done, you and I will go and we will have a discussion and a fitting and we'll share it with the Frenzy audience. I think that's I a it. great idea.
1: Done. And I'll buy some more so I don't have to wash mine as often. <laughs> I can get a cute, couple more good bras well, in the rotation.
0: When we go out, because we're in public and, and somebody's going to see it. How about you just put a clean one on? Okay. I'll try. Okay. Before we go, okay. just wash <laughs> one. You just, you got time. How about wash one now and just, and save it. And then when we go, <laughs> you're ready. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a plan. And coming up on today's episode, you're going to hear an incredible story from this very real down-to-earth woman. Our featured guest is comedian Leanne Morgan. Now, Leanne's style of comedy combines her Southern charm and hilarious storytelling about her own life into an act that keeps audiences coming back for more. You are guaranteed a good laugh during today's episode. Plus, Melissa has a pep talk to get you pumped up and feeling good. So before we talk to Jen about what's going on with her, I want to ask you, have you subscribed to the Frenzy podcast yet. Why not? It's free. If you have subscribed, we thank you. Why have you do do it? No. Uh, But could you share, if you've subscribed, why don't you share the scoop, tell a friend about the Frenzy. We would appreciate it so much because we want more women to enjoy and connect with these real stories. By real women. So now, Jen, what is going on with you? Melissa Carter, I need
1: some strategies. Okay. okay. And I'm relying on you because we're in the same boat. Okay. We are old moms with young kids. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Yes. So we started our families later in life. So we're a little bit older. We're both ambitious women who have goals always to try new things and accomplish stuff. And we have little kids. And so I'm struggling with the split focus of it all. And I just get frustrated every day by the constant interruptions mm-hmm. that just come with being a mom. But somehow I feel like it's just me. Like I look at all these other moms and I, I feel like when I see, follow my friends on Instagram or when I get to talk with them, it just seems like they don't
0: have the same frustration. And I know that's not true. If you're on our uh, YouTube feed, I'm nodding my head no. Jen, you know that first of all, when you said when you see people online, to me, Instagram is a lie. Facebook is a lie. Like that is the life you want to live. People are putting what, They want you to think about their life on there. And I know disrespect, but it's the truth. It's Uh, the highlight reel. That's a great way to put it. It's your highlight reel. Yeah. It's just
1: like, I feel like I need to figure out the strategies for all the interruptions that come because I don't feel like I can ever finish anything. Is that just life being a mom because it's like, as soon as I get started and I'm concentrating and I'm like accomplishing something for work, I'm interrupted by something else. Or there's a text message or there's an email that comes in. It's like, do they have the money for the book fair? Do you know what I mean? And it's yes. like, oh, did we do that? You know, please fill out this survey for the blah, blah, blah that we need to do for the blah. You know, did the doctor's appointment get scheduled? And then it's like, oh, man, I have not gotten anything done for work today. Okay, let me get back on the work train. And then it's like, oh, guess what? Time's up. You got to go to carpool. And then I sit in car line and I try to accomplish things there. And I I feel interrupted at all times. I am uncomfortable with it. And maybe my issue is that I just
0: need to get comfortable with the constant disruption. A couple things come to mind. First of all, is that I don't think you need to be working in the carpool line.
1: Like I think oh <laughs> I know. I, know. I well, think it's I'll- real boring and it takes about an hour and we're just parked. I'm not driving while I'm trying to respond to emails. It's like you're parked. No, I agree with
0: that. But there's a part of me that does think that this constant feeling of being behind only exaggerates it. My first thought is the old Roman war philosophy of divide and conquer. So if you've ever heard the term divide and conquer, that comes from the Roman Empire, because the way that they were able to conquer so much territory is they divided the people of those communities. And if you don't work together, then you succumb to whatever. In this case, for a positive view of divide and conquer, you have to compartmentalize the things in smaller bites. You have to take it in small chunks. The projects I work on, instead of trying to think of it as a big project, like I'm going to get all this accomplished. It's just, I'm going to get this one piece. That's only I can only do 15 minutes. Give me a 15 minute window to get this piece of that project done. Because the problem is I have become that mother who says, all right, I'll get to you in just a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on for a minute. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I've become that mother that my Mm -hmm. son can't say, Hey mom, can I get this? Hold on a second. Right. And I don't want to be that mom. So, and I don't want to teach him to do the same thing. So anyway, point being, you need to Really do a stricter schedule meaning for yourself and I don't mean that in a negative way but it's just like instead of trying to get three emails done get half an email done get it started Get the email started mm-hmm. and then let it go. And that way, when your children interrupt you, you're not mad. You don't feel behind. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. I got half that done. Cool. All right, I'll get them. So because you need to feel joy and motivation for everything you do. So that's why in the carpool line, if you're doing something that's making you feel behind, well, then by the time your daughter's getting your car, you're already kind of stressed. Mm-hmm. No, that you're. it's a privilege to be in that carpool line because your children are only this age for a short period of time and you need to not be working on something that makes you feel bad.
1: Like, do you just let things go? for work? Should I just be better at being
0: bad at work Um, (laughs) and, and be a better mother? I don't feel like I'm bad at work. Mm-hmm. I just have rearranged my life to where, what is my priority? My my priority is to be a good mom because mm-hmm. my son, by the time he's 14, he's not going to care as much about me. But at six, I am his world. And I mm-hmm. only have that for a short That's amount true. of time. That's and, true. And, and why am I so emotionally connected to my mother? Because of how she made me feel. Because she made me feel special. She made me feel important. Like she was engaged in what I was doing. And when we talked, I, she was engaged in our conversations. Mm-hmm. My father was the workaholic. He barely gave me eye contact, let alone he never spent one-on-one time with me as a child on doing anything I was doing. And so I know he loved me and I know she loved me. But as an adult, guess who I called? Guess who I wanted to spend time with? Guess who I mourned deeper? And that was my mother. Regardless of what I've accomplished professionally in my life, I want my son to have this reflection on me as an old man. I appreciate the way she made me feel. I think that's a struggle that every woman has, and it's not that you can't have both. It's like you teach your child it's is it your turn? It's my son's turn now. It'll be my profession's turn again.
1: I think it's just that engine that's been running for so long. In the career world, because we had kids later, you know, I probably would have felt differently if I had had children in my 20s. Now, thank goodness I didn't, because for so many reasons, I'm glad that I have children at the age that I am. But I think because I am ambitious and always have been, I think that that's just part of my motor and my DNA and how I'm wired, because I was like that through elementary school and middle school and high school. And I've always had that ambitious engine, that leadership engine. And that's been running on the highway at Mach 10 in one direction for so long. And I think especially COVID has highlighted it, right? Because I'm working from home now and my job changed so much. So this shift from going Mach 10 one direction on the highway to going, whoa, U-turn. Now focus on your family, focus on your kids, work from home and kind of balance it all. It's just hard because I
0: feel like, you know, you get to those days where you're like, I'm not good at any of this. For women, especially, that's a normal emotion, whether you were in mm-hmm. COVID or not. You have more than one responsibility. It gets Displayed, You're a good wife, you're a good mother, you're a good employee, above average in all those areas, but you don't even see it. And I think that this is another thing why I always, as a lesbian, I am fascinated by the dynamics in a straight person's home. Mm -hmm. Because even though Katie and I are no longer together, we are 50-50 split with our son. Katie and I share this ambition that you talk about. And we realize, okay, we're going to take this as an opportunity. This is not something that we need to take as a as a deficit. So she and I work very well together on the fact that when we don't have our son, that's when we work. And so that's something that you don't have. Katie and I always talked about we should write a book because we don't see why that structure has to not take place in the home of couples that are together it's two days on two days off and a weekend meaning i have mr carter say monday and tuesday then katie has him wednesday and thursday and then wednesday and and
1: thursday you can actually concentrate and get stuff done
0: i'm a workaholic friday Saturday, sunday then i have my son then we switch around same with katie i would love that plan
1: But that's I mean, something. I would be sad if I didn't see my kids every day, but it but is that, a great balance. No,
0: but there's no reason that people can't have that in their, in their uh, whether you're straight or gay. If you're together in a home, the reason I target straight people is because... In the gay community, we don't have those set structures. It's two women, so there's no man and woman in our roles in the relationship. Every relationship I've been in is a conversation we have. Who's going to take responsibility for this? Who's going to take—because mm-hmm. we have the ability to do that. We're like, okay, we can we can set this for ourselves because we're not a straight couple. I'm fascinated by straight couples who, where the woman will run herself ragged for the man to still be able to focus on his job, even though she's working. Mm-hmm. So in olden days, it was he's working so everything days. to make to make sure that he's making the money. So I need to make sure I'm going to have dinner on the table and I'll take care of the kids so he doesn't have to worry about it. Well, to me, that's so old fashioned. But yet there's so many couples that still, well, you know, he's working. He makes the bigger salary potentially. So I'm just no, honey. No, there's no reason that you can't do what Melissa and Katie Joe have done, which is you set a structure in your own house to where it's, if it's two, two, three, like we do, it's the Monday and Tuesday. Guess what? You're in charge of your kids. You're in charge of breakfast and dinner and bath and and to bed and homework and all that stuff. When it's Wednesday and Thursday, your husband is in charge of breakfast and dinner and bed and bath. Great. If, if even if he doesn't do it as well as you, who cares? let him do it. I mean, yeah. that's the argument I hear a lot of women say, I don't care if he's not good at it. Right. Let him do it. And that way he gets to spend time with your child. You get to have time to just work and vice versa.
1: Well, I do have to say, I feel like Grant, I need to defend him a bit because I do feel like we have a pretty good split of responsibilities. He's not a guy in our house who doesn't do anything. I mean, he does all the dishes every day. He does a lot of the laundry. He drives the kids to school in the morning. Like we have a pretty good split of responsibilities. I will say that his job has been more demanding in the last year and mine has been less demanding. So it's just a shift for me. It's a change to adjust to. Whereas before when I was doing morning radio and I was leaving basically in the middle of the night to go to work, he did all of the lunches and breakfast and getting the kids ready and out the door and all that kind of stuff. Here's the other thing that I will say about when the kids are in the house. It's not like they'll leave you alone. (laughs) They will find me. So even if I had like a day where it was like, okay, this is Grant's day. He's doing all of the things and I'm going to go
0: lock myself in the office. They'd be in here. They'd be like, I need mom. It's how strict you are about it. When my son is here, there's nobody else to entertain him. And when I, you know, I'm taping a show, we're doing things. It's like, I cannot be interrupted absolutely cannot be interrupted. And mm-hmm. he understands that rule. I'm like, unless you have to call 911 for something, <laughs> right? you don't come in here. So he understands that when mama's office door is shut, that he has to entertain himself. If you want something, you can have it, but it just depends on how much you're willing to make those sacrifices and to ask your husband to make the same sacrifices. Totally.
1: See, the frenzy's where you get to hear the real story about what is going on at this stage of life. And everything is actually perfect, even when it's not. That's why we want to celebrate all of our stories together here on The Frenzy, even if it is good or bad or otherwise. And I want to talk about that a little bit and the... (laughs) importance
0: of storytelling. Can you talk about the importance of storytelling in your life, like talking about things like this? I mean, I think it's important outside your world, you know, your personal world, but I think it's incredibly important inside your world. And that's kind of the theme of this Mm -hmm. is if you are unable to tell your story to your spouse, storytelling to me is most important at home. For most people, if you got stressed out at all by me saying you need to ask your spouse to step up. You really need to reevaluate this because if your spouse doesn't understand why they need to step up, that's where the storytelling comes in. Is that, does that make sense?
1: You know, it totally does. And I think that we, we can do a better job of that and just explaining the things that are going on with us to our partners and they want to help when we ask them to. I think most of the time, yeah, I think most of the time they want to step up and help when they can, if we don't put them on the defense. If you're sleeping with somebody. (laughs)
0: you know, come on. And that, I mean, we could talk about that later. I mean, that's a storytelling (laughs) skill in itself. (laughs) That's a whole different thing. (laughs) That's a whole different thing. All right. So people probably tight thinking about all these things, but you know, we're going to make you laugh. All right. We're going to make you laugh for Leanne Morgan here in just a minute, but first let's thank our sponsor.
1: Cancer sucks and finding out your best friend, co-worker, or family member has cancer sucks even more. You think, what can I do to help? The answer is Kick It Pajamas. Designed by cancer survivors and caretakers, Kick It Pajamas is clothing for those undergoing cancer treatment, either in the hospital or in chemotherapy. Their pajamas and clothing are stylish, comfortable and functional for IV lines and other medical treatment Go to kickitpajamas.com to stylishly dress your loved one for their battle. With every purchase a portion of proceeds goes to supporting cancer research and support groups kickitpajamas.com Let's kick cancer
0: off the planet Hey, did you know that sponsorships for The Frenzy are still available? If you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring The Frenzy email us at melissa at thefrenzy.com or jen at thefrenzy.com Our featured guest today is comedian Leanne Morgan. Now, she has appeared at the Las Vegas Comedy Festival. ABC's The View, Nick at Night's Funniest Mom, and toured with the Southern Fried Chicks. She's appeared in comedy clubs and theaters all over the country. Leanne has celebrity fans like Dr. Phil, Paula Dean, Reese Witherspoon, and her videos on dry bar comedy have gotten more than 50 m- m- million views. Her podcast called Sweaty and Pissed, Menopause and More. Plus, Leanne is about to embark on her very first national headlining tour across the United States called The Big Panty Tour. <laughs> so, please help us welcome Leanne Morgan to the Frenzy.
2: Thank you for having me, <laughs> my darling. I feel frenzied. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we do too. That's why we started this podcast. You know, we started the frenzy because we said, you know, there aren't enough people talking with women over 40 about real life stories and real life stuff happening to us. We're just so excited to have you here today and hear your real stories.
2: Well, thank you, my darling. Thank you. And you're right about that. But I do think during this mean, stupid COVID, people do want real. Don't y'all yeah. think?
1: Absolutely.
2: Tell us, Leanne, how did your comedy career get started? Okay, this is crazy, y'all. We were talking about it yesterday. I went to the eye doctor who, because uh, my contact subscription had run out and my little man who was doing my eyes is on the lamp, like it's missing and took everybody's... Oh, no. All their records and stuff. And we don't know if he's in the mafia. I know, and he's an eye doctor. Anywho, <laughs> so I go to my new eye doctor, who is a guy that lives in my neighborhood, who I love with all my heart. He and his precious wife, and they've got three little babies, and their are darling. We were in his office, and he was trying to get me contacts and figure out what I needed. And his partner in the eye business said, how in the world did you get started? There was a girl that they have hired a lady my age. One of my dear friends that I had all my babies with in Morristown, Tennessee, she's come to work for them five months ago. We kissed and straddled each other. Okay, so then she (laughs) said, she goes, Lynn, remember I peed on a couch. (laughs) At one of your jewelry parties. And I went, oh my gosh, Carmen, that was the time. Okay, so going back, let me tell you real quick. So I had had my first baby. My husband had moved me to the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, Bean Station, Tennessee. He had his own business, 26 years old, overachiever i wanted to stay home with my baby now i knew i was going to be a, an entertainer from the time i was five but i was raised in the country and i didn't i just didn't nobody had ever done anything like that i didn't know how to do it I, but anyway so i went to college i finished a degree i married my husband we we're up in bean station tennessee and in the back of my mind the whole time i'm getting pregnant breastfeeding doing but i'm thinking how am i going to get on stage so one of my good friends my husband said, you got to get a job or do something. You know, he was a young business owner and trying to make that work. And I said, I cannot leave my baby. I got a nurse. I started selling jewelry. My good friend out of Nashville said, I sell jewelry for this company. It's like Tupperware, you go in women's homes. Well, I've never met a stranger. I could talk to a pole. So I started schlepping jewelry around the foothills of the Appalachian mountains. And I would put out brownies in a dip, put out this jewelry. And I was supposed to be talking about jewelry. Instead, I was talking about nursing and breastfeeding and black hairs growing out of my stomach and all that. (laughs) And and people thought I was funny. Women started booking me in a, a year in advance, and the company noticed and started asking me to speak at their big things, and people would say, you need to be a stand-up. And that gave me the validation that I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't like one of these pitiful children on American Idol that sing and think they can sing. I was worried <laughs> that I was like that. I thought, maybe I'm not funny. But okay, so Carmen was at the eye doctor yesterday, and she goes, Lynn, remember, I got to laughing so hard, I peed on... A couch, (laughs) and I went, oh my gosh, Carmen, that was the minute that I thought in my mind, I've got something. I've got it. I can do it. She just peed on a couch. I'm not kidding y'all. That that was the moment. That's the highest accolade you can get as a comedian, yes. right? Yes. When that- somebody urinates, and <laughs> I steal, I steal when people go, "Oh my God!" There were women in Indiana, Evansville, Indiana. I did a show, and and a woman said, her husband said, "Oh my gosh, you better take an extra pair of panties." And so she <laughs> had an extra pair of panties in her purse, and we all took a picture with her big, flash color pair of panties that she got at Sam's. And you know, all of that has been the inspiration for my new tour called the big panty tour because i just thought all these women are carrying around big panties in their purse and everybody (laughs) loves a good comfortable big panty you know absolutely that's all they've been in in
0: the pandemic is that's right we talk about confidence on the show and confidence in women and the fact that you had a feeling in your heart that you knew i've got to be out in front of people Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're from adams tennessee did not derail this dream of yours like you instead of saying well I'm breastfeeding. I got a husband. I got a baby. You were like, okay, how am I going to do this? I'm going to figure out a way. And so I don't know, is there a way you could bottle up that confidence and give it to other women so they don't give up on themselves?
2: Well, I don't know, but I feel like when you have a deep, like a intuition, I listen to my gut. I always hang up. And when I haven't, I've gotten in big trouble. But when I listen to my gut and I feel like that's the voice of God speaking to you. And I feel like if you listen to that voice, you can't go wrong. And if deep in your heart, and I knew I heard that voice from the time I was a little bitty girl. I remember it because there was a talent contest in Adams on 4th of July and I wanted to enter into it. And I was gonna dance to Sonny and Cher cherokee nation i knew i was supposed to be on stage and i love to entertain and that voice carried me or it spoke to me all through my life and it wasn't time yet but there would always be something if there was opportunity i listened to it and so when i say that i mean like in high school they said leanne you're a ham why don't you get up and MC the whatever and i'd be like i'll do it and then the fourth of july came. They had said, we've got a talent show. I was 10. I was like, I'm singing Blue Moon. I don't even know the lyrics, but I'm doing it. And I did it. And all those things were frightening. I felt in my heart, that it's just something that I was supposed to be doing. It felt right to me. So if something is speaking to you, and if you call that God or whatever you call that, I call that God. That you need to listen to that. That's your gut. That's your. Some people I've worked with a comedian one time that called it her northern star. I do believe that's where the dreams come from, and they feel from there. And you need to listen to them. So if if somebody, if you get heard in a voice, I should have been a nurse. I wish I'd have gone to nursing school. I've got so many friends that are in their forties that went back to nursing school, and it was hard, and they had a bunch of kids, but they knew in their heart that's what. God had called them to do, to serve, you got to do it. You only get one life. You got to do it. You know, you may be out of your comfort zone. It may be scary, but that's when we grow. Remember Barney? Remember watching Barney with your babies? And it was always <laughs> growing's hard and it, you know, but you growth and all that comes from doing things outside the box, scary things. And I've been scared many a time up and down in this business, but I just always listen to that voice there were times when I'd think, Should I quit? This is crazy. Like Cause I'd give a television deal for a sitcom. It wouldn't make it. And I'd be disappointed and you know, where I couldn't get booked and you know, there'd be a dry spell with that. And I think, you know, should I go to work at target and put the bedding up on that back thing? Because I've always thought that'd be a fun job. (laughs) (laughs) And and it would, can y'all imagine, you know, putting the colors together and everything. (laughs) So that voice would always go, no, it's not time. It's not time. No, there's something else. There's something else. And so that's what my opinion is. I think, that everybody's got a gift everybody's got a destiny and i think we all get as women we start thinking well is that crazy well i shouldn't do that i shouldn't do that for myself that's going to take away from my family or Mm -hmm. i or i'm not smart enough or i'm not thin enough or i'm not whatever and that's all just wrong and a lie Why do you think older
1: women are afraid to start something new like you did with your comedy career?
2: Well, and when I got started, I was 32 and had three babies. I've been doing it 20 years, so. And that's old to get into comedy, really. Women my age now, I'm 55. If they are scared, I don't see a lot of people scared. I see a lot of people, and maybe during this pandemic, something's changed people or our society has changed people. But I see a lot of women my age doing new things and going for it and taking on a whole new career, I feel like more and more people are doing that. And if they're not doing that, oh, I just want to say to them, I wish I could hold them on my lap, rock them and go, you know what? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And if that means, you know, you've been at home with children and you've raised them and they're gone and you're you're scared to go back out in the workforce, go to work at Target and put bedding up on the thing. <laughs> Everything leads to something else. Yeah. Man, you've got some pretty famous
1: fans. Reese Witherspoon, Paula Deen, Dr. Phil, they're all
2: big fans of yours. How does that feel? Let me tell you, little Dr. Phil, when I was at a cheer one of those horror competitions that I talk about in my act <laughs> um, in Atlanta with my baby, and she was in sixth grade, and, and Dr. Phil's people called. My, well, my manager goes, how do you know Dr. Phil? And I go, I don't know Dr. Phil. And he goes, well, they want you on the show on Monday. And I flew to LA to do it. It was a very lighthearted segment. Robin, his wife saying, he he watches you all the time. And I was like, Dr. Phil watches me? I mean, that was crazy. And then Paula Dean was going to play my mother on ABC. I had a deal with ABC and Warner Brothers for a sitcom. And Paula was going to play my mother. And that's how we met. And she kind of interviewed me and said, she, I remember she had a cigarette and a Pepsi. And she said, tell me who you are. And I told her. And she goes, I believe you okay, I'll play your mother. And then, you know, we were fast (laughs) friends and I opened for her for years and did several Food Network shows with her. And Paula was really good to me. And I met so many people through her and all that. It's so nice when somebody who's made it pulls somebody else up. And I hope I can do that for people. And then Reese Witherspoon. Okay. I've got a good friend in Nashville, Hugh Hauser, who is so funny. Does a Reba McIntyre, impersonation that'll blow your mind and he's good friends (laughs) with reba and he and i he met me backstage at a he was he's a a planner event planner and he was doing a big thing and i was opening for darius rucker or a lady Annabellum, I did it two years and he was back there in a in a bootcut jean and his hair blown out and he we met locked eyes and fell in love and have been best friends ever since. And he's a lot younger than me. We've just always hit it off. And sometimes he'll open for me. Sometimes he'll do a little comedy and open for me. But what was I saying? What were we talking about? So about him. Oh he, he introduced you. you to Reese? Yes, he, thank you He knows everybody And he's saddling And I've showed the video of old people going to concerts To Janine and Ronnie Dunn And I was like, oh my gosh Why did you do that? I don't want Ronnie Dunn to think I was talking about his little legs and his hair plugs He goes, "No, he's not (laughs) <laughs> because but they, they've become big fans and they're hosting a CMA after party with Reba and they want you to come. And I was like, what? So I had to go to a hotel room. I'd been taking care of my little elderly mom and daddy. And I went to a hotel room and lay down for like two hours to try to get myself together because to, these these movie star people stay out all night. So I had to, the party didn't even start till 10 or 11 after the CMA Awards. So I went to this thing and y'all would not even believe who all was there. It was crazy. And I met little Reba. Reba goes, who are you? Everybody goes, who are you? <laughs> anyway, she was yummy. Her fanny, would you could fit her little tiny fanny into, I don't even, like a sunglass case. I don't <laughs> even know. So anyway, little Reese Witherspoon was there who is is the same size as a child. And she said, he said, uh Reese, this is my friend Leanne. And she intently looked at me and I said, I don't know what I said something about. It. My mom has been sick and I had a stroke. It was at Vanderbilt. And she said, what is happening to your mom? So she locked eyes with me and talked to me for a long time. And I thought she was precious. And they, and then, you know, I went home, da, 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 da. And all of a sudden she started following me. And she said, I didn't even know if she'd remember me. And I started doing those back porch little videos, no makeup on, looking like a pig Jane bird. And I would say, Well, I've made a jello salad. Well, I made a chicken pot pie. Well, I, you know, during the pandemic, I didn't even know anybody's listening. And she messaged me and said, Lynn, you are helping people and you need to keep doing it. And I was like, What? I was so nervous. I showed it to my middle child in communications and I went, Look at this. She goes, Be cool, girl. Be cool. Because <laughs> everybody just everybody take a break so ever since then I mean Reese will go message me and you know she's li- living in Nashville I hope that I get to see her again but anyway she's been darling to me and see for a little child in mm-hmm. the south in a small town to me I looked at them and thought I was fascinated by them and I thought I knew do it I, mean, I don't know. I can't sing, but I'm gonna. I there was something that attracted to me, uh, attracted me to all of that. I just thought, mm, that's gonna be me. Mm. And it, now it is.
1: And now Reese yeah. Witherspoon is sharing your podcast and and telling people to follow you. Is so cool. Well, Leanne, tell us about your tour because I saw there are some dates where you're actually hitting the road again, and the world is starting to
2: open back up. Well, the Big Penny tour. Was supposed to happen last June. And a lot of those dates have been already been moved to 2022. They had to, 2,500 seats, and you just can't get that many people together. So I know people have been wondering, like, why are you doing Kansas City improv if you can't be at the theater in Kansas City or wherever? Everybody's just trying to navigate this mess. So Right now, they're putting me in small venues. So if you see new dates, those are small venues that are mandated. I mean, you know what, social distance and all that, that that many people can get together. They're very small, limited seating. And so hopefully by July, right now we're holding my dates in July and who knows if they'll go. But the big panty tour, the big panty tour is supposed to start July to late summer, in big theaters where they're and it all depend on you know what's happening with the mean stupid COVID, but that's when it's supposed to happen but so if people see little dates that may not be part of the big panty tour that's helping me get ready for the big panty tour so i can remember what i'm saying <laughs> yes. so i can remember i'm a comedian <laughs> right. or do i cook chicken pot pie that's right what am i doing
1: <laughs> well we are so excited to talk with you today and connect with you we're big fans so thank Thank you so much for taking the time and hanging out with us. We want all of our listeners to follow you at Leanne Morgan Comedy on Instagram, LeanneMorgan.com.
0: All right. Now, Leanne, though, before you go, we do a thing called the Frenzy Five. Okay. It's five questions, rapid fire, first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. No pressure. Okay. And Jen's going to present these to you. Number right. one, where is your cozy, happy place?
2: Uh, the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Number two,
1: where's, what's your favorite framed thing in your home? Pictures of my children.
2: What was your most memorable birthday? My 50th. My husband took me to Blackberry Farms and gave me a new wedding ring. (laughs) Oh, Updated my, I mean, or, you know, upgraded. (laughs) And it was all a surprise. That was a big, that was a big one. Four, what's a daily routine or ritual you stick to? Drinking coffee in my gown and watching the Today Show.
1: Number five, what fashion trend did you jump on?
2: High-waisted leggings. Yes.
1: That hold you in. <laughs> Praise God for those.
2: Praise God. Praise God, God Jen. Really? Really? I mean, for real. I have been wearing them up under my breast. <laughs> the Whole pandemic, I'm in them right now. If y'all saw, I wore this pretty top, but if y'all saw, I've got the same leggings that I wear that holds oh, me in, yeah, to to yeah, they're like a hell.
1: warm hug, aren't they? Just so <laughs> nice, just yeah, make you feel good. They
2: are, they are. Well, y'all are darling. <laughs> oh, well, well
0: thank, thank you. Oh, fellow Tennessee and fellow All right, bye bye. <laughs> The Frenzy is throwing you a Pink Moon Pajama Party. It's our first ever event virtual this year, of course, and we're only allowing the first 100 VIPs inside. There will be dazzling prizes, games with a real Hollywood game show host, a dream expert, and psychic readings. Jen and I cannot wait to party with you in our PJs on Saturday, April 24th at 8.30. Pajamas are mandatory. You must bring something pink and enjoy something to drink. Makeup, of course, optional. Champagne suggested. But why is it called Pink Moon? Well, the Pink Moon is upon us. April's full moon rises on the night of Monday, April 26th. Traditionally called the Pink Moon, this full moon is also a spectacular super moon. So the perfect time to have a party. So how do you get inside? Well, you first subscribe to the Frenzy email list at thefrenzy.com. That's spelled F-R-I-E-N-D like friendzy.com you got to do this by April 16th. That's a Friday. And then you'll get an email inviting you to the party with a Zoom link to follow. It's that simple. Again, go to thefrenzy.com, sign up for our email list by Friday, April 16th, and we will then see you at our first ever Pink Moon Pajama Party on April 24th. Let's grab a quick question out of the You Don't Know My Life box, a game that you can buy on Amazon. We have the link if you're watching YouTube here below. Question for you, Jen. What's something that you're surprisingly really bad at? Besides scheduling. I'm just kidding.
1: Well, Melissa, this is something that I need to get better at trying things that I'm bad at because I'm typically the person who goes to the things that I'm good
0: at. Let me think about it. Oh, you have to. I'm sorry, Jen. You have to think about it. You're good at everything. I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, I know. I know okay. what it is. I'm bad at technology. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprisingly terrible with technology. And as much as we have to focus on it, I mean, my phone is constantly yelling at me that my storage is full and that I can't do something thing that I want to do because I got to go back and delete stuff. So I'm sure I've got settings where my phone is saving every video or text message or meme that's ever sent to me somewhere. (laughs) And then I got to go in and even the engineers in radio that I work with will say, oh, I don't know. I've never come across that before. And I'm like, why is it me? Why me? You know, so I am surprisingly bad at technology. And if anybody can sage that for me and, you know, smudge it or whatever you got to woo woo do to get the technology flowing better in my direction, that would be fantastic.
0: I've had the storage thing before and it usually is the everything in your test text messages. And if you have more than one email app on your phone, if you're doing work emails and personal emails, sometimes that's what does it as well. For me, I am terrible at plants, gardening (laughs) and plants. And I don't know why I keep trying. My father was, he was great at growing things. Like when growing up, he had like half an acre to an acre of personal garden at our house. Wow. he worked in agriculture. He came, he he was born on a farm. So, I mean, he had, it, but it, he took to it. And so he could grow every vegetable. He had all kinds of trees, like you know, apple trees and all these different trees. And I mean, he had grapevines and the whole thing. Like the wow. things that I wish that I had now, where when you're a kid with somebody yeah. like that, the kids are recruited to go pick. Right, this. right. And I was like, I don't want to go out and sweat and do all this, Dad. I want to go and do something else. But for some reason, I feel like I have inherited the DNA of the Carter green thumb. I did not. There was a meme. There was a meme. <laughs> did you just like kill that little pot of basil everything. that you buy from Publix or everything. whatever? Mm-hmm. I kill everything. There was a a, a meme. I posted <laughs> on Facebook, Melissa Carter ATL, which said that I am more of a hospice nurse for plants because <laughs> I prepare them for their meeting with Jesus. <laughs> uh, it is the worst. Jen got me, I think it was a lily when I first moved into my new home. yeah. And it was dead in eleven months. So oh. the eleven months was a record. I had that. a couple people who bought bought me succulents. Okay, succulents. those are real hard to kill, Melissa Carter. Come on, the both were dead in a year. <laughs> and I followed the instructions. One of them had the little t- tab in it, and I followed the instru- I followed the instructions on yours. You had kept the tab in there, and I did everything I was supposed to. I did exactly it, what the directions told me to do, and that everything is dead. Every living plant. I've I try I've tried gardens in every home I've lived in except this one. I'm like, "There why? Why should I even try?" There's a patch outside my home of grass that's not growing and so I did the pH balance and I tried to put like lye and stuff. I mean, I I'm doing the things that gardeners do. And, and it no. Ooh. We so can't anyway. all
1: be good at everything, you know. I'm it's par- don't it's get me a plant. hard to be perfect.
0: Do not get me a plant. Do not give me a plant. Do not give me any more plants. Do, please don't. You're gonna give me another plant. I am. (laughs) All right. Melissa Carter has your pep talk
1: for this week to pep you up and get you pumped and ready to go.
0: I want to focus on the miracle of the vaccines, right? So, we have here in Georgia last week, they opened up vaccines to all adults. So, there's no more restrictions Uh, in the state of Georgia. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that across the country, but we're getting vaccinated like President Biden said we would here before the 1st of May. And so, we're going to get back to our normal lives, hopefully, here in the summertime, in the fall, especially in 2022. So, I want to focus on that because Because you had a year to reflect. I mean, we all Mm -hmm. talked about that. What's important? We're learning what's important. Our family's important. Our time to ourselves is important. We don't want to be overwhelmed. All these things. But now we're going to get back in our regular routines. We're going to get back in the cars for those who are going to go back to the office. Whether it's this year or next year, you're going to get back in traffic. You're going to get back into your world Mm -hmm. where you feel overwhelmed. I want you to hold on to those things that you contemplated while you were in quarantine. My mantra is taking it down to its minimal level. Okay, so the mantra for today, our mirror mantra is you are not alive just to pay bills and lose weight. So good because every and I'll repeat it because I know Jen is typing. You are not alive just to pay bills and lose weight. And the reason that they correlate is because that's what tends to happen when you're in the 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 hamster wheel of the workforce, mm-hmm. is that you get behind, you're overwhelmed, you're having to, again, divide your attention between several things, and you're like, okay, I'm here because it helps me pay the bills, helps me pay the bills. Okay, that's great. But ends up for a lot of women, what happens is you sacrifice at work because you need to pay your bills, which I completely understand. But then when you are in your alone time, when you're in your personal time, then you obsess over how you look. You obsess over the beauty aspect of you because that's something that you've been trained to do since you were what? probably five years old. I just want to remind you that those things that inspired you during the pandemic, the things that you thought you dreamt of, you are alive. There are, who knows what the final death toll is going to be like today. It's like 530,000 people, like Mm. over half a million people in the United States alone died of the pandemic. So it is a miracle that you survived this. It's a privilege that you survived this. So many didn't, right? So what are you going to do with your life from now on? Those things that you were inspired to do when you were hunkered down at home and the things you thought, oh, this is more important to me than that is. Well, don't get back in the habit of thinking that your life is nothing more than just to pay the bills and lose weight. I love it. So good. That is so good. I'm going to remember that all week long. Thank you so much, MC.
1: Subscribe to The Frenzy Podcast and leave us a review. It really does big things and allows other people to find out about it. You can also sign up for our weekly email and we will send that week's episode right to your inbox. We promise we will not bug the crap out of you with lots of emails. We only send one a week with the new show. And the way to sign up is at theFrenzy.com.
0: And we want to know is there a friend of yours who would enjoy this episode? We want you to share this with her as well. Plus, our brand new YouTube channel, we mentioned that earlier. It's live with videos and Extended interviews from the show. If you like this show, share about it on your social media as well, because then you can tag us, we can see it, and then we can share it as well.
1: We want to say big thanks to our listener, Lauren Goines. She reached out and emailed us because she signed up for the Frenzy emails. Melissa hasn't hasn't heard this this before. Her email says, Hey, ladies, I don't know if y'all remember me, but I used to perform at Whole World and we met a few times. Anyway, I have loved listening to you two on the podcast. Y'all were my favorite part about the Burt Show, and it's so awesome to hear you gals back together. She says, I took a little mini me day for my 40th birthday up to Tallulah Gorge and listened to the frenzy on the way. It was so relatable and encouraging. I have a daughter that is seven and I totally related to discussion about the dynamics of siblings once parents are gone. She said, my story is a little different because I no longer speak to my dad, but it's still significantly changed how I put boundaries in place with my siblings and navigating what I need to allow in my life and what I need to shed. Anywho, I just wanted to to tell you guys congrats and I look forward to many more episodes. Then she says, P.S. As a request for an episode, I would love to hear you explore the Enneagram. Have you ever looked into it? Oh, I've seen that everywhere. Me too. Have you done it yet? No. Me either. I've been kind of scared too, but it is a way to
0: get to know yourself. So, I, so weird. I wrote back and I is, asked. Something is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's just like, yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that if I see it everywhere, it's like, okay, well, that's, a. am the Pisces that feels like, oh, it's a sign. That's I'm a, a sign.
1: Yes. So she said there is a quiz. She sent us a link and okay. she said it's become very popular and it's hard to find free ones because Enneagram experts have started cashing in, but she asked that you and I go through and maybe take this quiz. And also Uh she says to read about the Enneagram. There are some amazing books out there. Her email says, including The Road Back to You. That's on Audible and the sacred Enneagram. She says, I love talking about this stuff. So if you want any help in navigating it, let me know.
0: Yeah. She says, I take that challenge, Lauren. I take that
1: challenge. I know. I thought it was great. Enneagram gets to our core desires and fears. So it's important to answer as your core self without the responsibilities that we have on us at the present moment. Okay. Then she sent it, said peace and blessings, Lauren Rivard Goins.
0: Lauren, yay. Isn't that a great idea?
1: Yes. Let's dive into it and look into it. And we're just going to promise Lauren that it'll be in a n- new episode okay. soon. And the Enneagram should be something that we take our time to explore and
0: enjoy because right. I've heard so right. much about it. So let's do it. I'm all okay. about it. Let's we're in. It. We're in, Lauren. Thank you. Soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for Placement Music, written and recorded by Placement Music creative team member Mark Danels.
1: The Frenzy's graphic design is by Helen Vickers and web design by Caden Jacobs.
0: These are real stories by real women. Thank you for your gift of your time. We really appreciate you. Until next week, trust your gut, share your story. Stop lying lying about about your your age. age. (laughs) See you next time.